Good morning. So um, today is Native American Awareness Sunday, and um, so we're going to set up a little bit because we're going to invite our guests to come and speak with us. So we're going to take just a moment to reset the stage, and I'm going to give a little bit of history as to why, why do we recognize, why do we honor, why do we each year take time um, for Native American Awareness. Um, we have a special offering that we take each year. It is one of the six special offerings that are in our um, book of discipline that all congregations are supposed to take and receive. And um, when I was privileged to be able to attend the 2016 General Conference, you can come on up, friend. Um, it was held in Portland, Oregon, and the, the uh, conference opened, the opening worship um, was opened by the first peoples of the area who came and gathered and, and, and brought a greeting and a blessing to all those who came from all over the world. And part of the work of the General Conference, um, we considered not only Native American awareness, but we, we considered how effective is it in actually helping congregations build relationships with the first peoples in their area. And... Um, the General Conference passed a resolution asking all local congregations all over the world to take time to build relationship with the first peoples in their area because what we have discovered is that it's not just Native Americans who were oppressed, who experienced genocide, who had eradication of their culture and language, but everywhere in our world where um, significant migration has happened, um, the original people, the first peoples there, often experience this kind of uh, oppression. And, and so the church, being a global church, said it's not enough to just honor Native Americans um, everywhere. We need to be looking at what has happened. Um, you can have a seat if you'd like. That would be fine. Um, so... So we invite Ron because we have a good relationship with him and he has a great wisdom to share with us. We invite him to come and he, and he helps us to learn a little bit and then he also helps to introduce us to more people that we can learn more about. But the question is, really, what good does this do? Why are we doing this? What is the point of this? Um, in the United States, um, when people first started landing on the eastern shore, the native peoples began to um, have conflicts with the new immigrants. And as the United States um, grew in our understanding of what was our territory, um, the native peoples across the continent um, experienced um, terrible destruction and, uh, and genocide and... Um, and a lot of people think, well, that happened, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago that happened. What, you know, what does that have to do with us today? Well, the reality is it wasn't limited to 150 years ago. And the, the biggest problem is if we don't name the sin that happened and if we don't acknowledge the way our current society has been built upon those injustices. If we don't name that and repent from that, there's an underlying subtle message that it's okay. 
This week, and in the last two weeks, around the world, we have seen horrific acts perpetrated by white supremacists. We've seen churches burned. We've seen people in synagogues shot up. We have seen violence, not limited to our country, violence around the globe by people who perpetrate this because they believe that white people are better than everyone else. And that white supremacy is part of the philosophical undergirding of the genocide that happened when the European immigrants moved here and claimed the land. None of us in this room can say, I shot a Native American, right? None of us did that. And yet, and yet, we have benefited. We have benefited from being able to grow up in areas where we literally, I mean, in the state of California, we paid people to kill Native Americans. Bring in the scalps and we'll pay you for it. Bring in their heads. We'll give you money. Right? And we have beautiful homes and communities. And so we need to, we need to say that was wrong. White supremacy is wrong. And we need to look at how that has continued to oppress people in our world. We need to name it. We need to say it out loud, and we need to be intentional about undoing any of those threads, those roots, those insidious lies that creep into our lives through, through culture that has not yet acknowledged the sin of this, right? And so it's important for us to take time because I am telling you that this didn't stop 150 years ago. And Ron is here, and he can share stories that it continues even to this day. And so we come and we invite Ron to come and share more with us each, each year, and our conversations can go a little deeper each year, and we can see what are the ongoing struggles and what role can we have in interrupting that horrific cycle. So, Ron, we are so grateful that you are here today. We are so grateful because we want to grow. We want to grow in our ability to be loving and to walk in the path that Jesus showed us, right? And so, um, and so we want to learn in what ways we might have contributed to the suffering of other people so that we can stop we can stop and we can reverse that. So we're here to listen. Um, and I'm going to start by saying, you know, that psalm we read this morning, I think you would have loved that, huh? Yeah. That psalm was beautiful. It <clears throat> talks about God as the provider, the creator, and the provider for all creatures. And, um, and so it brought to my mind um, a common misunderstanding, I think, and I'd like for you to help us expl- uh, understand a little bit more deeply. So um, when the Europeans first came um, and they tried to communicate, of course, they didn't all speak the same language, and so when they started learning a little bit more about one another, they came to understand uh, Native peoples as worshiping 
worshiping trees and worshiping rocks and worshiping different animals. And um, I remember um, the first time that you came and talked with us a few years ago, you shared with us the understanding that there is one creator, that you guys understand that Native peoples all, all across their continent, Native peoples understood there was one creator who created all things. Like we understand, we would say it's God. You would say it's the creator of all, right? And um, which is language very comfortable to us. But sometimes I hear you talk about the spirits of the land. So is the spirits of the land, like, is that a different kind of worship? How do, you, how do Native peoples understand the spirit? Can you talk with us a little bit about that? I can. Okay. But first, I have first. to sing. Yes, please. <laughs> Because of what she just asked, and good morning, by the way. Manahu Iquata means hello, everybody. That uh, and thank you for inviting me, and it's always a pleasure to be here. So, you know, with the spirits of the land, what that uh, what that refers to is that um, you know Jesus is our teacher, also. He came here to teach us. And all of our, what we practice and believe is what he taught to us. And so, understanding that there's always spirits here, there's spirits here in this room. You called that spirit this morning. You asked for it on your monitor. You sang about it, you talked about it. So it's here, right? right? You can't say, well, well, we talk about spirits. I mean, I, I've had this discussion for years with many people. Oh, we don't talk about spirits. What do you do when you go to church? <laughs> Are not spirits with you all the time? And we do, as Native people. This is what we call, we call that spirit to be with us, to take care of you, to help you heal, to all those that were speaking this morning about somebody that had, you know, going to get married maybe, and somebody needs to be well, all these different things. That's why we call that spirit. When we go out into the hills, and we go everywhere, we start in a good way. Prayer, song. Sometimes we might burn sage, we might make tobacco offerings, just do different things that, you know, for you, you brought in the light. So you do, everybody does their own way of acknowledging that you're here in a good way. When I go out into the forest, those spirits may be Native American spirits. They may not be Native American spirits. I have seen old miners. I have seen others that were not Native American out there. And at the same time, the spirits of all the animals, the spirits of the trees, the spirits of the rock, the spirits of water, everything has life. If it has life, it has a spirit. And he wants to know why I'm out there. Why are you here? 
just because you're around good, just because you're, you know, Native American, we want to know why you're here. Are you here in a good way? Are you here to do good? Are you going to leave us in a better way than when you got here? That's what they want to know. And that's what Pastor Jeanette was talking about. When other people come to our land, are they going to leave this in a better way? Is things going to be better for us? Or as good? You guys here, you, are, you open your doors. In between this service, you have mongs, right? Yes. I mean, look what you're doing by opening up your hearts and opening up your doors and offering to other people. Everybody, we all have trouble. We all have things that we have to experience that are always not so good. But we can't always dwell on that bad part of things. We have to look at where is the good. That's why I'm here. Because I'm invited to where there are good people. You know, they may not, you may not all believe what I believe, but at the same time you're good people because you've opened the door and your hearts to allow me to come in. So this is how we also look when we go out. Do these spirits, are they going to welcome us? And when I sing, nothing. People that are standing around me are saying, where are the birds? We don't see any insects. I said, just sit still. Be still. Listen to the song. After the first verse, then the second verse. Then some insects begin to show up. After the third verse, birds start to sing. The first time I sing a song, I'm always listening. Where is my song going? Does it travel? Or is it right here? Kaplunk. <laughs> right? Why is it kaplunk? Because it's not being allowed to travel, to carry. Like your thoughts, your blessings, your prayers, they have to carry. And when it doesn't, then there's stuff out there blocking it. And so as we open that up, first verse is right here. Second verse is beginning to hit the trees. Third verse is vibrating off the trees. And you hear it going through the forest. When I'm done singing, it's still singing. Still going through the forest. And the forest is coming alive. I will finish that story. <laughs> This is a renewal song. We sing it in a number of different ways. We sing it in the springtime. We sing it when there's a new renewal. We sing it at weddings. We sing it one year after you've had a loss. 
so that you start anew. Several years back, whoop, I'm losing my, lost it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Several years back, my daughter was married for the first time. And she married a young Marine back in North Carolina. So this young Marine was a Presbyterian, but down in North Carolina, they're Methodist and Baptist and so they invited at some point in time this young man's young pastor from Ohio and that's the Ohio Valley right so I never understood the Ohio Valley but it's all connected Chief Tecumseh walked the Ohio Valley he was he was from up there in Ohio and he walked that whole, clear down to Georgia, and all the way back up, and he was talking with all the tribes about the, what was happening, and who was coming in, and who should be fighting who, and who shouldn't be fighting who. And he made that whole trip, and of course that was where he met Rebecca down in Georgia. And he eventually, when he got done with all his roundabout, he came back and married her. So here's a man that walked that entire valley, right? And so it kind of gave me an idea, perspective, all of a sudden, what this valley's all about. And so now here's a pastor, Presbyterian, coming down to the Methodist to be their preacher. He was kind of on loan or 
coming in for a little while, and I thought that was kind of strange. You know, wow, okay, that's kind of weird. But, and he wanted that pastor to marry them, the young man did. And so we said, okay, whatever, you know, we're, we're cool with that. <laughs> and, but, you know, I'm going to be a part of the ceremony, and I'm going to bless both of you. And the way that we do this was a tobacco ceremony. And we bring the two of you together and we discuss your trail and your path as one now, as you move forward to the preacher. We will sing a song for you and we will all hold tobacco and then uh, spread the tobacco out in front of us to help us cleanse our way. That was a good ceremony, I thought. Anyway, as we arrived, the preacher said, oh, and I'm all dressed up and even had a different eagle shirt on. And, and then uh, the preacher said, uh, I need to talk to you for about five minutes, please. I said, oh, okay. Well, 45 minutes later, we finally emerged from his office and he was quite elated with our conversation. But the initial conversation was that the elders of the Methodist Church did not want sun worshipers in their church. No sun worshipers here in this church, and we will not allow you to do any kind of ceremony. And they walked by me while I'm all dressed up, not to say hello, but to stare at me. And so I said, okay, we'll go outside the door, and I'll hold my ceremony out there, and then I'll turn them over to you, and then we'll all walk back in, and they're yours. And he said, perfectly fine. Okay, we're all right with that. So I held my ceremony out there. And while I was holding the ceremony and while I was singing, off in the distance was the forest. As if you've ever been to North Carolina or you're down in there, you'll realize that most of it's all forest. And it's like right here. And they've cleared a spot and they've cleared a freeway, <laughs> cleared a town. And there's the forest, right? So off in the distance there where it was the forest and while I was singing up came this whirlwind it was as tall as the trees not a small whirlwind a great big whirlwind and it stood there for a while when it came out of the forest while I'm singing and then I'm watching it and other people begin to turn and see what is he looking at you know and then it walks along the edge of the forest down around the corner and it stops for a minute and then it heads back into the forest. And then I finish my song. And everybody asked me, well, what did that mean? I said, the spirits of the land have never heard another Indian singing here on the land and offering a blessing for all these years. And it came out to see who this was and what this was, and give us their blessing. And from there, we moved into the church, and then the preacher said, I, you know, I'm the father, so I hand off my daughter, but he says, no, I want you to stand up here on stage with me and with the family and the groom the whole time. He said, 
if they don't like it, well, then I'll just go home. <laughs> I said, all right. And he used much of my words as we went through, as we, as we have talked. But that, you know, we've come a long ways, and we've got a long ways more to go. Just two days ago, I was out with a national um, media reporter, and I say media because she's multiple, and it may go on radio and it'll definitely be in blogs and articles all over the country. Recording what we're doing out there in the, you know, in the forest with uh, restoring the land and why we restore the land, what that means. And so, um, one of the things that we, when I was being interviewed, I brought up the fact that we have been working with the United Methodist Church and that we've had an initial get-together out at the old Academy Church and exchanged um, what we do and they opened, a, opened their arms for us to have this inner exchange and it was wonderful and now we're planning a second one and the fact that I come here to you folks and we, we sit and talk. So what the reporter said was, that was very interesting because I've, in my travels, I have now just left somebody else who was telling me that the Presbyterian Church, either nationally or globally, is also beginning to do the same thing. And I said, that's very nice. That's really good to hear. I worked with Fresno Unified for many years and with the Indian Department for a few years. And I, some of my elders that were there working with us, they were a Catholic. And it took them a long time before the Catholic Church would recognize them as Native American in their church. But in the 80s, they actually did that, at least here locally. And then I have another friend who went to Rome and several of the Indian people uh, regarding water walked down the river to the church and, and one of the head people there um, invited them in and they had a tobacco ceremony. Smoked a pipe with him. It's very good. They said, wow, you know, that's small, but it's huge. This is small, but it's big. Because as we go and we open up our hearts and we open up, and I know what, what Pastor Janet said, when the people first came to America, well, you know when they first came to America? There was no fighting. They didn't attack the ships. They opened them up their arms and let them in. We keep letting immigrants in. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, I get kind of upset with our president about not letting the immigrants in. Well, we can't afford to take care of the whole world, but at the same time, a lot of those folks trying to come across the border, we might call them immigrants, but most of them are all Native American. <laughs> so, you know. Funny what we, how we put labels on people, right?
So, um, it was a long answer. That's okay. So, so in it, when we honor the spirits of land or animals, or is that somehow, is that somehow a different spirit than the Holy Spirit, or do you see the, God's Holy Spirit in all of these different entities? The more we talk, the deeper she goes. <laughs> so let, let's let's you have to you have to not divide, but you do have to separate a little bit in thought of what is Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can't look at Holy Spirit as Creator Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They're not, they're not one, two, and three. Okay. Holy Spirit is Jesus, mm-hmm. creators, right. Right? right? Let me show you the sign language for it. Yeah. Okay. Look at, look at me. This is sign language. It's three, one, right? <laughs> right? That's that's for Trinity. It's exactly. You know, it's not no. three different. It's okay. So then, taking that, it's a couple of different things how we look at this. Um, People spirits. People spirits. When you die, you're supposed to go back to heaven. That doesn't always happen. We have lots of spirits of people probably sitting right here in church with us, but definitely out at Academy Church and everywhere else on the land. I, my house is just up from Academy Church, and we are what we call um, an airwave. Spirits travel on airwaves, just like radio travels on airwaves, TV travels on airwaves, your computer travels on airwaves. There are certain, there are certain waves that go around and they travel on that. Well, I've had them come through my house. I have them in my house. I have to cleanse my house every one to two years to go through and totally cleanse it, get everybody out, everybody out, <laughs> you know, get on your way, or I'm going to send you on your way. When I first got there, I had to send some on their way. They wouldn't leave. How do you do that? Close the room. I tried to burn sage. They put my sage out. I tried to sing. They put my song out. I finally just said, okay. You know, what happens when you're in a room with a spirit? You can't see outside. You can't even see the light that's on. They are totally in control. It's dark. So, no problem. Time for you to go home. Creator, come and get them. They're yours now. Here they are. Well, guess what happens? The room lights up. The windows open up. And they're gone. And they're gone. They went home. <laughs> well, too bad. That's what you wanted. Or that's what wasn't what you wanted. But a spirit left around too long can start to gain in strength. If you're seeing them, they're gaining in strength. I've had spirits leave messages on my phones. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Oh. It's all right. I found them. They're gone. But 
So I'm talking about to you. What is a spirit? These are human spirits I'm talking about. But now, human spirits aren't supposed to be here. But for some reason, they weren't taken care of. Animal spirits and others that are out there, the spirits that are alive, that are in the trees, the animals, they're there. They're listening. So that is a part of that aspect. But um, the other thing is, is one more step beyond, and I said you're really getting deep here. All over the world, I speak with indigenous peoples, the, the Aborigine people, the, the Mardu people, been around for minimally 50,000 years that they can date, right? And when they talk, they talk about the old ones. The old ones, the old ones are here, or this is where the old ones live. And when we, when we come to do something, or we're going to have a meeting, or we're gonna have a symposium, or whatever we're gonna have, we have to make sure we take care of the old ones. So we go out and we do a, a prayer and a ceremony so they know what we're doing. So the old ones may have gone home, but now they back. Now that might be a little hard for you to understand, but you have to kind of go back into your Bible. Your Bible will tell you the same thing. Who are, who are your saints? Who are your spirits? Who are these people that, you know, that many, many churches pray to or, or have all around? Or even Jesus, for that matter. Okay, yeah, we understand his power. But he can come back. He has that power. And if we look at all spirits, what is all spirits? If we look at all life. We've been having this discussion, but all life. We say creator gave everything all life. We say creator blew life into everything, but there's some discussion on how he gave life. He may have given life and blew life into humans, but he still gave life to everything else. So what is that? Life was his spirit. So if everything has his spirit, then we're all related. And that's how we look at everything. When we go out in the woods or out somewhere, even if it's familiar, I ask permission to travel through. I ask permission to go through these rocks, this canyon. And I ask permission to come back. If you're a hiker, you're a walker, and you go someplace and you try someplace new, and then you turn around and you go, oh my God, how'd I get here? <laughs> right, because you forgot to look back. As Indians go, <laughs> you know, we get lost to snap off a stick, snap off a little twig. But that's also how when we're tracking something, we know who's been going and how it's been broken and what's been happening and at what height and what level. And you can read all these things, right? So that we know our way back. But we ask this to the rocks and the, the land 
that we can come back. So, because we're acknowledging those spirits. Uh, trying to answer that for you in a okay. good so way. So, we're going to, um, just to summarize then, what I'm hearing is that there's the Creator, which we understand to be the Creator, Holy Spirit, Jesus, all the big, all together in one, even if we use different language. Different words is still the one. And that Creator has given life to all things. And so as we honor the spirits, we're honoring God, and we're showing respect to all life that we're all related because we all have the same spirit that came from God who gave life. Yes? Yes. Okay. All right. I think we're yeah. on a pretty good space. Yeah, I really wanted to be able to talk real quickly because we've got to do communion <clears throat> oh, and get yeah. out of here. But I do want to show this, and then if you guys come back at the next service, we'll talk more about this. But, <laughs> the next. but this is this wonderful board of the Forest Food Web, and it has all manner of, of creatures and... It starts in the middle. It starts in the middle. With the big oak. Because it's a web. And the black oak. Right? You know, or there could be any oak. Mm-hmm. It depends where you're at. It could be in the foothills. It could be in the valley. Mm-hmm. Right? But everything starts in the, with that tree because that's kind of like a tree of life. It gives the acorn. If, like right now, I'm, I'm on a, well, numerous forums and collaboratives with federal, state, county agencies. If that, acorn, if that oak tree is not producing acorn, where is the life sustenance for all of these? Because if the squirrel doesn't have acorn, he's not, being, he's not plentiful and he's not fat. And he feeds other animals, feed off of him. And then they, other animals feed off of them. And not only the acorn, but the young tree. There's the young sprouts that come up. There's a whole bunch of people, deer, turkeys, that come along and eat the young sprouts. They do that only until it's about three to five years old. Then they quit eating it. And then it grows till about 10, you know, 15 years old. And now it's bigger and now the limbs hang down, and now they come along and they prune it up again. So this is the cycle that they do out there. So also mushrooms come that are attached to these trees, and they provide nutrient to the soil. And then when it's opened underneath, water comes, and the root system holds that that water. And of course, then you have meadows and all the different things that go along of the other plants and all the little insects that need each of those things. They all work together. together. You, have, you, can't, you can't separate them out. But that's what we're trying to do in our agencies, <laughs> our forest agency. When I put this together, my, my, my family got several kids in elementary oh they came in man they started to, they told me more about my board than i knew about my board they just you know man oh, this is great this is what they you know they went on and on they had a great time with it when i took it over there to the adult scientists they looked at it and stared at it and trying to figure it out 
<laughs> I said, you know, this is not good. The fact that you even hesitated is not good because my kids came in the door and they just started hollering and screaming and going off and telling me everything. But when I took it to the agencies, they just kind of like, wow, okay, wait a minute. What is that? <laughs> I thought, that's where we are. That's where we are. That's the problem we got, right? That is. So in our psalm this morning... We heard about God who makes all these different things and provides for all these different things. And part of the way that that provision happens is through this kind of a web thing where everything is interconnected and interdependent. And um, one of the things we want to recognize then, I'll put this at the back later, you guys can look at it. One of the things we want to recognize then, that humans are also interconnected and interrelated. And when we damage other humans, we damage all of us. And this is what the apostle Paul says, when one part of the body hurts, everyone suffers, right? And so when we're, we start to honor and recognize that we're all family, that we all have the same creator has, has blessed us all, and even if we have different understandings and different ways of expressing that, we still have one creator, we're all family, and when one, one part of the family is hurting, the whole family hurts, all of us do. And so we want to um, thank our Honorable Ron Good for coming today and sharing with us. And um, he's going to spend time in Sunday school. Um, if you'd like to come over and talk at, uh, from 10 to 11, and then he'll be back in here for the second service, and we're going to talk more about the web and how we're all connected at that service. So let's take a moment to have a prayer, and then we'll... Um, Sing our way for our communion. Um, loving God, we are grateful. We are grateful for the many different expressions, the ways people understand who you are and how you bless us. And we're grateful that we're able to have this opportunity to learn more today from a different perspective than we might have understood before. We ask that you would help us then to um, contemplate what we're hearing and what we're learning and to... Um, understand the deep humanity of all the people and um, to set aside any feelings of superiority or um, of inferiority, but just to honor each other as brothers and sisters so that we might mend this broken web that has been created, that we might thrive in this world that you have blessed us with, and that we might... um, Build up your holy realm, a realm where all people experience the abundant life that you have planned. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Ron. Amen.